Hey, welcome to the Energy Works Radio Show. This is episode 72, Choosing Gratitude. And uh, after a, a rather rushed week, it's um, not, not as uh, organised as I would like to be, but I thought, oh no, we're going to do it anyway and have a go. So um, I don't know where you're up to in your Christmas life, but um, I've been uh, madly shopping and trying to fit in lots of different things. So I thought um, that I'll be a bit indulgent this week and put choosing gratitude for myself because um, I had been struggling with the situation and and wanting to choose gratitude on that. So um, I'm sure we all could do with a little extra dose of gratitude, especially at this time of year when sometimes things can be a bit difficult and it can be hard to see the best things in life. So uh, some of the things that we need to uh, have gratitude about are actually the challenges that we have and some of the challenges that present themselves to us are quite awful. The lady that I go and see and she um, was talking about the lotus flower, how it's beautiful but it's in this disgusting pond full of all slimy stuff and then out of the most disgusting slimy stuff comes this beautiful flower and so I think that if we can see that side of uh, many of our problems that, you know, out of the most disgusting, awful things that we have to deal with comes the most beautiful growth. And, you know, I guess it's being able to learn, and I certainly haven't mastered it yet, being able to learn, being able to learn how to um, recognise the scum, the pond scum and the other stuff, and to be able to see um, the good in it, even though, we we may still have to do a lot of um, swimming through the pond scum to get where we have to be. And none of us like pond scum very much and none of us like to have to address those things in our lives and we often can be quite offended that we have to actually um, deal with those sort of things and, you know, we feel that we're above that, we understand things better, we shouldn't have to go through that. But I think the... The more that we evolve and the more that we change and try to do better, the more we have pond scum to deal with and the more of it and um, it's like our capacity to deal with it increases. doesn't mean we like it anymore. It doesn't mean we wish to do it. But I think as we evolve more, we become more accustomed to recognising the pond scum and understanding that it is a trial and not being so offended by its appearance. And I have to say that it still takes me by surprise when it happens and I still don't like the smell, don't like the feel and want to get out of there as quick as I can. So I thought we needed to clear some energy around this for all of us so that we are able to deal with the things that present themselves to us. And I think, uh, you know, Christmas time can be a time where uh, it can be really lovely but it can be really hard as well. Uh, especially if we've um, lost loved ones or if we've, um, you know, had abuse or, um, you know, dysfunctional families or, you know, even if we've had poverty or, uh, you know, many difficulties surface at Christmas time. And when we can see everyone else's family looking good, it makes it hard for us to appreciate what we have or don't have and see the good. So I would like us to be able to use our unconscious mind which is everything 
as opposed to our conscious mind that only sees a very small part and the conscious mind really controls. It's almost like you're looking through a tunnel and the conscious mind can only see the bits that um, support our view on, um, you know, that we're not good or life is terrible and looks for the evidence. And so our unconscious mind sees all of it, the whole picture, everything that happens, but it's controlled by the conscious mind that's only looking for the evidence of things that are horrible. And so, of course, we find that. So it's like training our mind to be able to see to see the whole picture and to be able to look for the gratitude and to be able to look for the things that are um, still good in our life, even amongst the pond scum. It also reminds me of a story, and I may have used this before, so for those who have heard it before, I apologise. But it um, there was a lady called Corrie Ten Boom who was a Dutch lady, and her family hid Jews um, in the Second World War. And eventually they were busted, someone dobbed them in, and they, uh, her and her sister ended up in the concentration camp together. And they were good Christian women and they tried to, you know, preach the good word to people in, in the prison. And they ended up in this one particular block that was fully infested. And um, Corrie talks about her sister being so positive and saying we have to grateful, be grateful for everything. And she said, oh, I can't be grateful for the fleas. And so what happened was the fleas were so bad in that particular section that the those in charge of that section refused to come in. So they were pretty much left to their own devices due to the fleas. And so because of this, they were able to talk to people and uplift people and, uh, you know, spread the good word. Um, because of the fleas. So even they, even though they hated the fleas and the fleas were nasty, they were able to find joy um, in the fleas because of the peace that it gave them from those that would torment them. And so I think this can be um, a good way for us to look at the things in life. You know, many of the things we see as fleas, annoying, bothersome, painful, you know, who'd want to have it? How can we put up with it? It's so terrible. Yes, it's true. But often from the fleas come come other things that were good that we're grateful for. And so it's being able to, you know, reset the lens of our conscious mind on looking for the good and looking for um, what we like in life and what can be wonderful. So... Um, yeah, I would like to clear a bit of energy around this today. So just write a couple of things down. So choosing gratitude. So uh, if we say I'm able to choose gratitude, so, um, and it comes back to time of birth and the feeling of disgust and the sensitivity of people being disgusted with us. So apparently when I was born, I was born quite late and was a bit wrinkly and not looking the best. So um, I think, you know, that can set yourself up for being sensitive to how other people see you or how you represent yourself. So we ask if we can release that trauma. And so then that leads us to not trusting what we think or what we believe or how we do things. And that's in the sixth chakra. Now, emotions that go with um, the sixth chakra are confusion, instability and overwhelm. And this time particularly is overwhelm. And I think I think for many people, I don't know about you, but um, Christmas time is a time when we're really busy. Everything needs to be done by Christmas. 
a lot of pressure to put be put on and I think we push ourselves and push ourselves and it's not until you've had that Christmas lunch or dinner that I mean, you lie on the lounge afterwards in a food coma that that's the beginning of the official relax and I think particularly for many women who have to do a lot of pre- preparations at this time it can be a huge time of overwhelm and that's got a gene component to it on dad's side dad's mom now interestingly enough my father's mother had um, eight children, seven boys and one girl. And for those who don't know me, I have um, six boys and one girl. And um, she used to also play the piano, which I do too. So I can kind of sympathize with her. And she also lived through a war and they had borders. And, um, you know, I think things weren't always ideal. And so I think she would go into a state of overwhelm sometimes. And I can totally commiserate. And age 11... Age 41, okay, I live my life on purpose. And sometimes I, I don't know if this happens to you, but I get caught up in I have so many things that I should do or, you know, feel obliged to do and don't always get to um, um, work on the things that I feel are most important. And so that makes it a little bit tricky because, you know, you're working on things that are okay but not the best things that you should be working on. So it's like learning to, um, again, you know, take that focus with your conscious mind on what's really important this particular time and learning to let go of the things that are really not the most important and uh, being able to, you know, change your focus to what is. And so let's put in there a question, uh, why do I so easily uh, see what's most important and there's a timeline issue behind this. Dad's dad side and resentment. And it's like sensitivity to other people's resentment. And this goes back to age 15. Okay, so I live my life on purpose. Why do I so easily see what's most important? So that's nice and strong now. Now, what can tie in with this are ear conditions. And so sometimes if you think about you know, being in tune with our intuition and following what we feel is right, Sometimes we don't want to hear the things around us. And there's a, this ear condition uh, has a gene component from dad's side. And age three, age 42, also age 16. And the feeling of being emotionally repressed. So emotionally repressed is like not wanting people to see or, or know how we feel about things. It might be particular particularly, um, yeah, it might be particularly painful. We don't want someone to understand or know our feelings and we don't really want to expose ourselves. And so then, um, you know, we tend to hold our feelings back. And I guess the trick is in, you know, and in sharing our feelings that it's okay for us to share our feelings and it's okay to be upset, it's okay to be angry, it's okay to be sad and hurt. Um, as long as we, um, you know, acknowledge those feelings and do something about it. And I guess the trick is to share with other people how we feel about their choices and how their choices affect us. And, you know, often we feel like, well, it's my right to choose. You know, it doesn't matter. And I think, well, yes, that's true. 
but we we do have to understand that um you know things that we do and say do affect others and you know as we know because we've lived through the effects of the things that happen and in our families and in our school life and in our work life and you know in our sporting life all those things affect how we see things so what pops into my head there was a lady that we used to play squash with she was off court she was the most lovely lady really nice to communicate with um, you know, she, after, as we got to know her more, she had a difficult husband and she had a beautiful garden and her next door neighbours must have liked her and they threw weed killer over the fence and killed all her beautiful garden. And, uh, so when she would go on court to play squash, it was like she grew another head and she would be really difficult to rest because she would be argumentative and have a go and, and, you know, obviously this was her time to vent. Um, her anger on the squash ball and, you know, whoever happened to be there. So everyone would be fearful to rest this particular lady um, because of her life experiences. And so I don't think she realised how her um, actions would affect other people. And, uh, you know, I think sometimes we can have situations like that too. There's certain situations that we get into that we're really angry and we react and we blame other people and, you know, we're failing to acknowledge what we really feel or what we, uh, you know, what what's hurting us and say something about it. And, of course, you know, we if we can talk about people's actions rather than them, um, the actions... Um, if we we can say, you know, when you do that, I don't like it. When you, um, you know, when you do that one, I really like it. And so it's like we're teaching people about what's acceptable to us and what's not acceptable. So, uh, and I guess there is an art to it, but the more that we express our feelings about people's actions, the more we can, you know, let them know how we feel. And, and you know, for yourself, if you know, if you've um, offended someone, you'd like to know and you can modify your behaviour. And uh, so I think this is important in this, um, you know, choosing gratitude because the things that do trigger us are things that we need to be able to let go of. And sometimes it's easy for me to say, oh, you need to let go of that. And I know myself there's many situations that I struggle to let go of. And so it's like getting work done on yourself where you can deal with whatever the problem is. And, you know, that work may be um, journaling about it, you know, releasing the things that you're angry about, saying and, you know, expressing how disappointed we are, how angry we are, you know, what, how we're affected by what that person has done and, you know, to write the whole story. And then also, um, you know, once you've written the story and got it off your chest, to be able to think about, you know, something that made you grateful for that situation, something that you've learned from that situation that you couldn't learn any other way. And the more that we can train ourselves to do this, the more that we can get through any difficulty that's presented. Now, having said that, there are some situations that still trigger me and there is more work to do. And sometimes there is a lot of work over a lifetime to do over particular things. And so, you know, recognizing that we have a problem with something is the first step in in changing um, our attitude towards a situation and um, acknowledging that it upsets us, acknowledging why it upsets us and, um, you know, recognizing the parts that are offensive to us, you know, why it bothers us, why it bothers us so much. And so sometimes it's a failure to be acknowledged or sometimes it's a failure to have your feelings be recognized or sometimes it's a failure to be appreciated. 
And so, you know, being able to identify what it is that really annoys us so much about a situation is important. And then when we're able to acknowledge what it is, then we're able to turn around it a bit more because through the difficulty that um, is being presented to us, we're able to grow and learn and become a better person. And so then, you know, we'll deal better with the trigger. And, of course, then the universal God might lean on us a bit more and, um, you know, add a bit more fuel to that particular fire to see if we can, you know, take the next level. And, you know, sometimes we do really well and sometimes we fall over again and land flat on our faces. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, it happens to all of us. It happens to me. It happened to me this week. So it's like um, being able to pick yourself up again is actually the most important thing and to be able to see what we've learned and to be able to move forward. So let's say here then, um, why do I so easily see what hurt me, how I can change the situation, how I can so easily see the learning, how I can so easily forgive. Now, forgiving someone doesn't necessarily mean that we um, allow them to continue to abuse us or to put ourselves in the situation where we're being used. doesn't mean that at all. But forgiving is about believing in ourselves enough and putting enough love towards ourselves that we don't let someone else affect our body and affect our spirit and affect our mind. And so forgiveness is a vital part of this gratitude because we are able to become a bigger person as we forgive. And uh, as I said, doesn't mean we have to put up with the abuse, but we, uh, as we can forgive, we are able to move forward and not let that hold us back. So we'll ask you if we can release trauma from past abuse, and we can. And there's a little bit of um, gene stuff here from Dad's dad, and also our timeline age 16, and anger from that age. And also um, there's part of our aura involved here too. And so people can, um, you know, use our energy in an unhealthy way if we let them. And it's like a, a matter for us to be able to have our healthy boundaries in place. So, so we're just asked to release the hooks. Uh, so let's add in an affirmation there. I, why do I so lovingly release the people from my life who are unhealthy. And I think, you know, we've talked a bit about castles and moats before and uh, drawbridges. And I think, you know, there are some people in our lives that, you know, we can't avoid and that we need to learn to meet those people on neutral territory and in a place where we can be protected and that we just meet them for a certain period um, you know, have our interaction and then remove ourselves from that situation so we know uh, open ourselves up for abuse. And if we can't even manage that, sometimes we have to just say, oh, look, at this point in time, um, at this point in my life, I haven't got time for that or I'm not able to and, you know, I can schedule a time for you next month. And, you know, learning to be a little bit tougher with our... Um, with who we let into our castle because we don't want to let people in that are going to trash us. How can we help other people and how can we fulfill our purpose if we let people trash us? And then sometimes that leads to us trashing ourselves, which is not the healthiest place to be. All right, a little bit more gene stuff here from Dad's dad. And it goes past him to his dad and some stubbornness. 
So let's say I release stubbornness from my life. So still a little bit more on the thick chakra here. Okay, I choose to be happy and balanced. Balanced. And it is a choice. You know, no matter what happens to us in life, we always have the choice to what we will do and how we will um, attack a certain situation. And age three comes up here. Age seven, age 31, age 37. Okay, it's safe for me to see the truth, no matter what it is. And let's say it's safe for me to see my mistakes. And it's safe for me to see my mistakes and love my see my mistakes and love myself anyway. Yes, I still approve of myself even when I make mistakes. Okay, a little bit more gene stuff now from Mum's side, Mum's dad. A little bit more in the aura. So some more hooks and a little bit more gene stuff here from Dad. And the feeling of disgust, and it's uh, self-disgust in this case. And I think, you know, sometimes we are our worst critic. I think I've mentioned the book before um, by uh, Leo Weidner called um, The Slight Edge, and he talks about writing your own creed, and he talks about all areas of your life and writing the goals and what you want to achieve and, and actually recording yourself saying these goals. Because the person that we listen to most of all is ourselves. But the trouble is we're listening to the negative things that we say inside our head and how critical we are of each other. And so we believe all that stuff. So if we can listen to ourselves talking positively about our future and the things that we're going to accomplish, that is really uplifting. So, you know, we can make a recording on our phone and play it when we're in times of doubt or when we're struggling to hear, you know, how we want to do it. And even I remember I was cleaning out a drawer and I found some um, old goals that I was written that I had written, and uh, you know I was I was pleased as I read them because they were still important to me and I was working on them. And so I think you know these intentions that we have and the things that we write down that we want to work towards are important, and you know not maybe in so much in the things that we want to own or have but in the way that we want to change and how we want to become and who we want to become in terms of, um, you know, peacefulness within ourselves and um, being kind to ourselves. And, and when we can be kind to ourselves, we can be kind to other people. And, you know, learning to be our best self and learning to be just who we are and, you know, recognising that who we are is important. Uh, you know, so many times we wish we were someone else or we wish we had someone else's life, or that we wish that we could look like someone else, or sound like someone else, or dress like someone else, or have a body like someone else. And, uh, you know, this, I guess it's a lack of gratitude for what we do have and the body that we do have. And I, I think um, my funny little example of that is um, having had seven children, I have a zillion stretch marks, and I never appreciated the belly I had before I had children. It was a little bit cottage, but uh, I, you know, I could happily live without belly now. <laughs> whereas I failed to appreciate what I have, and I think often, you know, this failure to appreciate what we have, and then if we don't have that, you know, same body or opportunity, um, we we can regret. And I think, you know, let's learn to be grateful for what we have without having to lose or be threatened with loss or health or you know, sickness or any other things. Let's, you know, be able to appreciate our bodies, our minds, uh, you know, all, all the things that we do have and, and particularly the qualities that we have and are developing in ourselves.
Yeah. All right. So I think that's kind of it for today. So um, I um, I wish you well in choosing gratitude. And um, and yes, it's not always easy, but if we um, think about doing it together as a group, then we can um, have strength in numbers and you know unity in having a go. And I would like to um, say to uh, you know, people that um, come to the Facebook group, the Energy Works group, or um, people that want to email me, and it's Tanya at a1health.com.au. Um, I'm very open to helping. Um, I love communicating with people. I um, I get great pleasure actually out of helping. So you know, whether you've met me before or not, or if you've done a course with me, um, I'm more than willing to help if you're struggling and you're finding it hard to learn how to do the muscle testing or how to um, clear energy please contact me because I um, I would like you to understand that the door is open and that I'm willing to help and I love to help and so you know I can only help you if you ask though I I don't have the sort of intuition where I can know who needs help right at this point uh, sometimes I might have a feeling and ring someone up, but you know, not always. So I, if you need help, please ask for help. Um, I also wanted to invite uh, invite you to contact me if you're interested in learning how to clear energy. Uh, doing doing energy works is a great experience because you work on your own stuff and you grow through that experience with like-minded people. So uh, I'll definitely be in Sydney. Um, from the 10th to the 12th of uh, March. And for those that have done the course before, we're doing a little bit of an upgrade, and that will be from the 12th, sorry, the 14th to the 16th of uh, March. And we'll be in New Zealand from the 10th to the 12th of uh, May. I'm still debating on the America trip, so um, people that are in America that are interested, please contact me, um, you know, with suggested dates or you know, places that you might like to be and you want to gra- gather a few friends together that I could come there. Anyway, I'd like to wish you a, a Merry Christmas to enjoy the peace and the calmness of the season and to, you know, use your your unconscious mind to help free your conscious mind of being hooked on looking for the bad. Change your your vision to look for the good. And, uh, you know, I'd like you to think about that and almost like you'd imagine that you had a um, telescope or, a you know, a lens in your pocket that you can get out when you're struggling that helps you look for the things to be grateful for. And um, as we start to practice gratitude, we, became, we become better at it and more able to see the good in things. So on that note, I wish you well. Hope you have um, a, great, um, a great Christmas. For us, it's um, Christmas Eve now, so um, tomorrow's Christmas for us. So uh, I I wish you well and I hope you have a great time with your family and that you can take a moment in the day to record something that, that makes you happy. Anyway, all the best. Bye.